0: We are closely monitoring the emerging cases of swine flu in the United States. And this is obviously a cause for concern and requires a heightened state of alert. The year was 2009. President Obama had just been elected, and he was facing a flu pandemic. It didn't turn out to be as bad as coronavirus. Swine flu had a far smaller death rate. But still, 60 million Americans would be infected, and 12,000 would die. The government declared a public health emergency. And in that emergency, something stood out to me. It was the way the president talked about science. But one thing is clear. Our capacity to deal with a public health challenge of this sort rests heavily on the work of our scientific and medical community. And this is one more example of why we can't allow our nation to fall behind Unfortunately, that's exactly what's happened. This speech is in front of the National Academies of Science. And it wasn't just about swine flu. It was a sweeping speech about the state of science in America. We are restoring science to its rightful place. Under my administration, the days of science taking a back seat to ideology are over. These scientists and engineers gave him an ovation, a long one. I mean, over 30 seconds long. It just kept going and going. Because I think they realized something in that moment. They realized that the Obama years would be good for them. Because the culture was changing. The culture was embracing expertise. We were told, Obama is smart. And Obama is going to appoint the smartest people around. So if you're a scientific expert, if you're an expert of any sort, this is kind of your moment. The forecasters keep revising downwards their forecasts. And the administration would face huge challenges. Without substantial policy action, we would almost certainly face the worst economic downturn since the Second World War. In confronting them, they appointed the scientific and scholarly elite. Uh, I think there are two uh, striking things about them, Bill. First, uh, the first thing is that they're incredibly smart. I mean, Larry Summers is perhaps one of the smartest, if not the smartest macroeconomists in the United States today. And journalists praised Obama for this, not just for Summers and his economic advisors, but for his overall regulatory approach. Obama put together policy in a slightly different way. He did it with the help of experts and unelected bureaucrats. And he gave these people enormous powers. Eventually, the media even started calling these people czars. There had been so-called czars before, but Obama appointed many more. Pick an issue. It had a czar. Poverty czar, anti-inflation czar, faith-based czar, the uh, intelligence czar, the the tarp czar, auto-recovery czar. He even had a Harvard professor be a regulatory czar. Cass Sunstein would use behavioral economics to rationalize the government and its regulatory approach. Sometimes the best approach government can take is a nudge, which doesn't require anyone to do anything, but can set up a situation or a context in a way that leads people and and governments to make better decisions. The core of this idea Is that sometimes we can just avoid politics. We can have experts nudge us to make the right decisions about our health and that of the climate. It wasn't just Obama. This was a cultural thing. The term wonk became popular. Ezra Klein and Nate Silver brought us data-informed explainer journalism. Michael Lewis and Malcolm Gladwell entertained us with books that revealed how researchers and math geeks understand the world better than we do. And behavioral economics became the most trendy of academic disciplines, a discipline whose sole function is to show you how fundamentally irrational you are. You are stupid. Put your faith in experts. They'll save you from your little pea brain. I think that was the prevailing cultural, political, and academic posture of the Obama years. But, of course, that wouldn't last. The first crack in the expert technocratic consensus came with the Brexit campaign. I'm asking the British public to take back control of our destiny from those organisations which are distant, unaccountable, elitist and don't have their Eliti- um, their own elitist, interests at heart. Elitist. Absolutely. I think the people in this country have had enough of experts with uh, organisations from experts. acronyms The people of this saying, country have had saying, enough of experts? Had, with, so here at ITV News, uh, at uh, just gone half past four in the morning, we are calling it for leave to win uh, this referendum. An extraordinary... Moment in British history. Uh... Then those politics came to the United States. As you know, despite what the polls projected, The unthinkable happened. Donald Trump, uh, we project, will win in Kentucky with its eight electoral votes. In Indiana, West Virginia, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, Kansas, North Dakota, and South Dakota. I think that this was partly a revolt against expertise. And to be honest, the people revolting, they've got a point. Decades of prevailing economic orthodoxy have been a total disaster with wages stagnating, factories shuttering, we can't trust experts anymore. What have they done for us lately? So, denialism and disinformation has exploded. And now there's a new kind of political culture. What it, you're saying it's a falsehood and they're giving Sean Spicer our press secretary gave alternative facts to that. But the point remains. Wait a alternative facts? Alternative fa- two years old, two and a half years old, a child, a beautiful child, went to have the vaccine and came back and a week later got a tremendous fever, got very, very sick, now is autistic. This is the doped version of the flat earth model. The South Pole, it's like a 200 foot wall of ice, straight up, Game of Thrones style. And the sun and the moon are just lights in the sky like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay! Do you understand that? How do we make sense of this moment? Is the choice merely between technocratic liberalism and post-truth reactionaries? Or is there another way? This season, we try to find out. I'm Gordon Kadik, and this is Cited. We're calling our upcoming season, Technocracy and Its Discontents. This whole season, we'll be telling stories about experts. We'll be asking a few simple questions. What is an expert? Who do they work for? And can they be trusted? There is no reason to think that as people get more and more educated and more and more informed, they are going to end up coming to some kind of consensus with what the elites in the past have already believed. There's just no reason to believe that. I'd grown up uh, a scientist, you know, believing in the scientific method and the tools that we used. And all of a sudden, this one replication made me just question everything. What was real? What could I trust? Can you tell us how do you do it? I'll do it. Be quite honest. We cheat. And I said to the... President, scientific advisor and to this long list of scientists I said excite us about the super collider excite us about this they couldn't define what they hope he said it's pure science it's pure science we'll just discover things when doctors don't know what's going on they call it idiopathic that means cause unknown and that's what was in my charts, medical charts for my whole childhood you know and defense of the doctors who funds Who funds the medical schools? Who is setting the agenda? Who is distributing the research money? There's an an enormous politics to what scientists get allowed to do and what scientists don't get allowed to do. Um, At that point, it just was concerning. Why would CDC be going against what seemed to be the only independent uh, assessment? And the question is, who do you want to trust? Do you want to trust independently funded researchers, or do you want to trust the company that has a vested interest in millions and millions of dollars? Not millions, billions of dollars. The only thing they could say is he's a farmer with no education. I said, that's right, I'm a farmer with no education, but I can tell a story and I can read. And uh, they knew, they made a conscious decision to keep it secret. We were just human guinea pigs. Cited returns April 15th. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.